listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Happy Sunday, Victory family! Yes, I'd like to greet everyone here on site. It's nice to see more people here. And of course, to the people online, it is great that you join us today. Um, and yeah, can you just smile to the person next to you? There you go. You are a little bit closer in proximity compared to last Sunday. And you know, as we get closer and closer together, I'm really excited to, for us to reach full capacity. Are you excited for that? Yes, this really just goes to show that, you know, God is doing something and we are excited to see really us getting rid of this virus and going back to how life used to be. Of course, with the lessons that we have learned through this pandemic. Right now, we are on the second week of our series entitled Tayo, which means together. But if you pronounce it the other way, it means, you know, when you say Tayo, it means to stand or to build. And we believe that these are very important words when it comes to the rebuilding of our nation. We will stand and we will build together. And in our series, Tayo, as we go through the book of Haggai, we will learn how we, as God's people, could actively participate in the rebuilding of our nation. Do you believe that God is doing something in our nation? Yes, He's doing something in our nation. We can actively participate in that. And as we are here today, I believe that God is reminding us that you are part of God's plan. I'd like to repeat that to you online. You are part of God's plan. Can you say that to the person next to you? Yes. You know, as God's people, as His church, I believe that He's going to use each one of us to really make a difference, to bring about the change, to bring about the transformation, to bring about the breakthrough that we are believing Him for. Now, honestly speaking, when you look at the situation of our nation, I'd like you to give me you know, a number, a scale from 1 to 10. When you look at the situation of our nation, how hopeful are you? For the people here, you could use your fingers, just put it up. For the people online, type it in the chat box. When you look at the gas prices, how hopeful are you? Scale of 1 to 10. You guys are laughing. You guys are putting up the number one sign. When you look at our economic situation, how hopeful are you? One? When you look at our government response, how hopeful are you? Then there was silence. You know, if we are being honest, it doesn't really inspire much confidence, right? In fact, I know of a lot of people who already gave up fighting. They say, Sige na, bahala na lang kung ano lang mangyari. Tingnan na lang natin. They gave up. They lost all hope because of all of the opposition, of all of the challenges that we have been facing in the past and we are currently facing right now. For a lot of people, it seems like a cycle. Nandito na naman tayo. And that is how the Israelites somehow felt. When they went back to Jerusalem, they obeyed God's call to go back. They obeyed God's call to rebuild the temple, the place of worship. But, you know, when they got there, they started out with so much energy, with so much excitement, with so much expectation. But just a couple of years into it, as they started rebuilding the temple, as challenges came in, the Israelites ended up quitting. 
May kilala ba kayong mga taong ganun? Yung ang galing-galing sa simula, pero di naman tinutuloy o di naman tinatapos? Madami daw, sabi dito sa harap. Actually, it's one of the negative Filipino traits that we call ningas kogon. You know, we are so good at starting things, but we lack the perseverance to follow through or to finish. Now, I'd like you to be honest. If you have somehow experienced this, I want you to raise your hand. You sinabi na, Nako, kaka-receive ko lang ng APE results ko. Ang taas ng mga numbers ko. Kailangan ko lang mag-diet. Magda-diet na talaga ako ngayon taon. Day one, check. Day two, check. Day three, nasa buffet. Hindi, kasi ano eh, birthday ng boss ko, hirap na mahindihan. At alam mo, ang sakit na ulo ko, this is not good for my health. O kaya yung mga tao nagsabing, naku, hindi, asisikip na lang madamit ko, magsisipag na talaga ako, mag-exercise na ako. In fact, I have enrolled sa gym. Wow! Day one, nasa gym. Hindi na na ulit. Ang sakit kasi ng katawang ko eh. Hindi ako makagising ng maaga. Or, Naku, ang tagal ko talaga ko na nagtatrabaho, wala pa rin akong ipon, I need to save up. I will really tighten on my budget, pabawasan ko na expenses ko. Dumaan yung 1-1, ang bait. Dumaan yung 2-2, ang bait. 3-3, ang bait. 4-4, punong-puno na yung cart, sinek out. Hindi, ano, I calculated kasi, mas nakatipid ako. Ang dami ko nabili, sulit na sulit talaga. Or ito, Promise, ngayong 2022, napakabait sa akin ng Panginoon ng 2021, everyday na ako magbabasa ng Bible. In fact, bumili ako ng Bible worth 5,000 pesos. Yung hardbound, you study Bible, para pang hinayangan ko kung hindi ko babasahin. Binuklat ng dalawang beses, pagkatapos nun, pabigat na lang sa papel sa desk. Konti yung tumawa, aray. Does that sound familiar? You know, we don't have to look too far because a lot of times, tayo yung mga taong ang galing sa simula. Pero walang follow through. And, you know, quitting when hard times happen, it can really happen to the best of us. Tama ba? And that is what happened to the Israelites. Again, they came back to Jerusalem with so much excitement. And during the early years of their return, naranasan na nila tong ningas kogon. That's why God had to call them out in Haggai chapter 1. Remember, the Lord said to them, you have spent so much time, so much energy, so much resources on building your own homes, but then you left my home standing there in ruins for 14 years. And they, when they finally got back to work, God sensed that they could quit due to discouragement once again. That's why the Lord once again reached out to them through the prophet Haggai and he spoke to them. What did God say to them? God encouraged them and really just told them, keep on working. Finish it because I am with you. And we here we will see that God is a God who reaches out to us and speaks to us, not only to rebuke us when something is wrong, but He is a God who also reaches out to us, who speaks to us when He senses that we are in need of comfort, that we are in need of encouragement. And I believe that right now, like the Israelites, a lot of us are in a situation where we are really down. A lot of us are in a situation where we are disappointed, on the verge of giving up. But quitting is not in the vocabulary of God. In fact, today, He would like to encourage each one of us. He is saying, never give up. Can you say that to the person next to you? Never give up. I believe this season, He is calling us to rise up. 
He's calling us to stretch our arms, to prepare our hands, to do the work, to persevere, and to finish strong. And you know, the work of God, it's not easy. It's not easy, but the good thing about this, this is that we don't have to do it alone. Our series title, Tayo, it means that we are all going to do it together. Rebuilding our nation, following what God has called us to do. And when we say Tayo, the perfect thing about this is that God is part of that. He promises to be with us, with each one of you every step of the way. And with Him in our lives, that assures the victory over whatever we will face. So today, let's open the Word of God to the book of Haggai. We will be reading from chapter 2. And today, as we read God's encouragement to His people, the Israelites, I pray that we too, those people who are discouraged, those people who are dismayed, those people who are losing hope, I pray that we find strength in these words. I'd like to invite everyone to stand up to give reverence to the Word of God. We will be reading Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. It says here, in the seventh month, on the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now, be strong. Can you say that? Be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more, in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. That is the word of the Lord for us today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that continues to speak to each and every one of us personally. We thank you that you are a God who knows what each and every one of us are going through. We thank you that you are a personal God and I believe that you will minister to us. I pray, Lord God, that you be the one to strengthen us. You be the one to encourage us. You be the one to lift up our heads. And as you do that, thank you that we would get to live our lives obeying you and glorifying you. Holy Spirit, open up our minds and our hearts. Be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Tatagan nyo. Be strong. That was the Lord's message to the Israelites. The work to be done was so great. They were asked to rebuild the temple, the temple that took so many years in order to be constructed. The temple, the beautiful temple that their enemies destroyed. Let's do a little flashback. 
what the Israelites had to go through was really horrific. They were brought to the promised land. They were asked to do great things. But then there came a point in their lives where they decided to put their trust and their hope in foreign gods, in pagan gods, and in human armies. And you know, because they did that, the Lord gave them to the hands of their evil enemies, the Assyrians. And these Assyrians were really so, so, so evil that they looted the belongings of the Israelites. They, they destroyed the homes of the Israelites. They destroyed the holy temple. And what they did, they even, you know, they even drove them out of their land. And that wasn't a very nice thing for the Israelites to experience just to be able to learn a lesson. But that was something that they had to go through because God wanted to stop the vicious cycle of the Israelites' unfaithfulness and rebelliousness against God. They needed to go through that. God allowed all of those things to happen to teach them a lesson, but as He allowed that, He didn't do it without promising restoration. They were going to go through all of those things, but God still gave them hope that they would be able to return to Jerusalem. And that happened 70 years after they were exiled, after seven decades. And when they got back, God asked them to do one thing. It was to rebuild His temple, the place of worship, because the restoration of a nation begins with the restoration of the people's relationship with God. Again, the restoration of a nation begins with the restoration of the people's relationship with God. Why were they given to their enemies? Why were they driven out? It was because the relationship was broken. But now God was bringing them back. God wanted to restore them so that He could restore their nation. In Psalm 33, 12, the psalmist says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Again, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And when you look at this, it shows that people who put their trust in God, blessings will follow them. Blessings will overtake them as we choose to honor Him in everything that we do. As we choose to trust Him. As we choose to put Him first. Would you want to be people who are blessed? If you do, lift up your hand. And you know the key? It is to declare that God is the Lord of our lives. Blessings will follow. Blessings will overtake us. And this was what the Israelites exactly did. They obeyed the call of God. They went back to Jerusalem and they were so excited to rebuild their lives, to rebuild their homes, to rebuild the temple, to claim the promised restoration of God. And we will be reading a parallel account in Ezra of what happened when they got back. It says in Ezra chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, When the seventh month came and the children of Israel were in the towns, the people gathered as one man to Jerusalem. Then arose Jeshua, the son of Josedach, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, with his kinsmen, and they built the altar of the God of Israel to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. They started with building the altar, and then they would be building the temple once again. So they were on the right track. 
As we fast forward to verses 10 and 11, it says here, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, the king of Israel. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Everyone was celebrating because finally the foundation of the temple has been laid out. And they were on the right track. It was so promising. Everything seemed to be going fine. But then everything changes in the next verse. We see a shift happens. And we see in the next verse that the Israelites were discouraged. And we ask, why were they discouraged when they were already on the right track? Well, first, expectation versus reality. Expectation versus reality. We are all so familiar with this, with online shopping and food delivery. You know, I've heard horror stories of how people were so excited during the lockdown. They bought cabinets for their clothes and the cabinets were priced cheaply. They were so excited, but when it arrived in their homes, they were cabinets not for humans, but for dollhouses. And they were mad. They were angry. They put it on the reviews, pictures of them holding it like that. And I heard of a lot of people who put low reviews on some restaurants on food delivery apps because when they saw the photo on the menu, the burger looked really juicy. The patty was really thick. It looked really yummy. But when it was delivered in their homes, the patties were actually very thin, sloppy, and dry. And you know, when your expectations are unmet, it can discourage us. It can frustrate us. It can weigh us down. And that was what happened to the Israelites, the older ones who saw the original temple. In Ezra 3.12, we see how they reacted when they saw the foundation of the new temple compared to the old temple. But many of the priests and the Levites and heads of the fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy. So on one end, you have Gary V shouting for joy, and on the other end, you had the older people crying, oh, pangit nung temple. Nakakahiya. Bakit ganyan yung itsura niyan? Hindi presentable. And you know, people were shouting, people were crying. They did not know if people were happy or sad. That was what happened. The younger people who were shouting for joy were really happy with their progress because they did not have a reference of what the old temple looked like. The old temple was so glorious. No, it was so beautiful because no expenses were spared while it was being made. Researchers actually say that the construction of the old temple amounts to, when you compute it in modern day money, $8 billion. Can you imagine that? $8 billion for a structure. Because David and Solomon made sure that they had the best of the best resources. They had gold-plated walls. They had gold-plated floors. They had precious jewels all over as decor. And they hired the best construction people 
to build this house because it was the house of God. And you know, more than all of those things, you know what made it special? The manifest presence of God. The presence of God fell down like a thick cloud in the temple. And when the older people looked at the new one, they saw that there were no gold walls or floors. They saw that there were no precious jewels. The Ark of the Covenant wasn't there. And the manifest presence of God wasn't there. So they were really so disappointed. The reality did not match their expectations. And this led to them stopping the, word of God, the work of God. This led to them stopping the work of God because they were so dismayed. They were so discouraged. And God spoke to them once again in Haggai chapter 2. God told them, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? The key words here, in your eyes. I can see my dreams reflections. In your eyes. You know, the Israelites looked at the temple through the lens of their own perspective, not through the perspective of God. And this is something that we should change. When God is asking us to do something and we see the result, we need to shift our perspective. God wasn't disappointed at all. In fact, he urged the Israelites to continue the work because God saw not what the temple was at that moment, but what the temple could be if his people continued to obey him and follow him and trust him because ultimately, he was the one who was going to build the temple. God told them, tatagan nyo. Or as the Koreans would say, fighting. Can you say that? Fighting. Habang nire-rebuild yung Pilipinas, fighting tayo. Hindi tayo susuko. And in Haggai chapter 2, verse 4, God says, be strong. Can you say that? Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work. During the first time that they were starting to rebuild the temple, they stopped because of unmet expectations. Now let me ask you, whose expectations were those? Did those expectations come from God? Of course not. You know, a lot of times, we stop doing what God has called us to do because of the expectations of the people around us or even our own expectations. It stops us from meeting the only expectation that God has from us, which is obedience. We let pressure get to us. That's why we stop. We love looking back at the past glories. That's why we can't embrace what God is doing in the now. That's why we can't move forward to embrace the good future that God has planned out for us because we are so stuck in the past. You know what God said to the Israelites and you know what He is saying to us right now? Move on. Can you say that to the person beside you? Move on. Don't try to recreate the past because God is doing something new in your life. God is some, doing something new in our nation. Do not let the pressure of other people, do not let the expectations of other people stop you from doing what God has called you to do today. Again, do not let the pressure and the expectations coming from other people stop you from doing what God has called you to do today. Be strong. Continue to work. Continue to work. 
Have faith. Tatagan nyo. No, I remember receiving a lot of pressure and almost saying no to the assignments given to me by God before. Because of the pressure of the people around me, mostly the older ones. No offense, men. I remember when I was about to enter show business. And I heard a lot of people saying, Bodhi, you better be good. You have to prove to the people that you are talented because your dad is an award-winning actor. Wow. I remember when I was about to take on the role of Joseph the Dreamer in a musical and people kept saying, Bodhi, you have to perform well because you are following Gary Valenciano and Odi Himora and they were both amazing. They were both stellar. So you have to match that. And even here in the ministry, as I was about to take on the discipleship department here in Victory Alabang, I heard a couple of people say, Bodhi, you have to match the leaders that came before you because they are strong leaders. They are strong innovators. You have to follow that. You have big shoes to fill. And you know, it made me think, I should be excited with the new season that God is bringing about in my life. Why am I scared? Sabi ko sa sarili ko, wag na lang kaya. And I was thinking to the people around me, hello, di ba dapat ini-encourage nyo ko? Bakit parang tinatakot nyo ko? And I'm sure that all of you have experienced that in the past before. And a lot of times, maybe a lot of us have stepped back and said no to responsibility or to new roles because of the pressure of the people around us. But I'm glad that somehow God has that heart to talk to us, to encourage us, to nudge us. Because could you imagine if I said no to preaching just because I wasn't as good as Pastor Ariel or Pastor Jonathan or Pastor Sunny or Pastor June? Can you imagine if Joshua said no to the leadership because he thought he wouldn't be able to do a job better than Moses did? Can you imagine if Elisha ran away from his calling because he was scared that he wouldn't be able to perform the same miracles that Elijah did? Can you imagine if the disciples stopped their work because they thought, I couldn't accomplish what Jesus has accomplished? Those things may be true, but let us remember that if I said no, and if those people said no, then we would have missed out on the chance to be part of the work that God was and is doing. And the work is different from what it was in the past. But you know what? The work is equally glorious. Same God, different person, different situation, same glory. Because it's not about us. It's not about our output. It's about what can do, God can do in and through us. Again, it's all about what God can do in and through us, through you. So again, don't let pressure get to you. God, you know, the Israelites wanted to stop because they were comparing themselves with what has happened in the past. And God wanted to tell them, stop comparing. Again, stop comparing. Move on. And that is His message for us today as well. Stop trying to match or to compete with what has been done in the past. Because the truth of the matter is we are not competing with the people from the past. We are one team. And we have one mission. That is to glorify God. That is to lift up His name on high. So there is no competition. We are all advancing God's kingdom. So you know when discouragements come your way? When pressure comes your way? When disappointment comes your way? Be strong and continue to work. 
Remember, we are called to serve at God's pleasure, not at people's pressure. Again, we are called to serve at God's pleasure, not at people's pressure. It is so fun, you know, to be working for God no matter how big the task is, knowing that He is happy every time we obey, whatever the output is. Trust that God will be the one to bless our efforts. Trust that God will be the one to make sure that the results are glorious. Because glory doesn't come through our efforts. Glory comes when God is part of what we are doing. Now let me ask you, what is God asking you to do today? Probably to start a new business or to apply for your dream job? For the men, maybe it's to step out in faith to court someone? Pray for your friend to start a small group in your office, to start leading someone through one-to-one, to share about Jesus to your family. What is God asking you to do and what is stopping you? Probably we're delaying it or pushing it away because we're comparing ourselves with our leaders or with pastors. I can't do it as good as they can. I can't do it the way that they do. You really can't because you are a different person. You have been wired differently. You talk differently. You think differently. You act differently. But if you trust in God, let me assure you that you will experience the same success than the people who came before you, even greater success. As you say yes and as you allow Him to use you for His glory. When we trust and obey God, He will do things that will exceed our expectations. Again, when we trust and obey God, He will do things that will exceed our expectations. Magugulat kayo, uy, kaya ko pala yun. Uy, na-bless sa prayer ko. Uy, gumaling yung sakit niya nung pinag-pray ko siya. Uy, tumanggap sa Panginoon nung sinare ko yung testimony ko. You will never know the great things that God can do through you unless we step out in faith and obey Him. And I believe this is God's word for us today. It says in Isaiah 43, 18-19, Remember not the former things. Again, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Can you say that? I am doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in your life. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So why were the Israelites discouraged? Why did they stop the rebuilding of the temple? First, because of the reality that did not match their expectation. Second, it was because of the opposition of their enemies around them. In Ezra chapter 4, verses 4 to 5, it says, Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and made them afraid to build and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Alam nyo, pag may bida sa palabas, asahan nyo parating may kontrabida. Pero alam natin na yung bida, parating nananalo. Tama ba? Kaya nga nag-leather jacket at boots ako ngayon. Kasi yung bida na ganito yung suot, hindi natatalo, hindi na mamatay. Six years na. Palabas pa rin sa TV. When you say yes to God, expect that there, that there will be challenges. Expect that there will be opposition. 
Kasi yung trabaho ng Panginoon, parating kinokontra ng demonyo. And you know, as the Israelites were building the temple, the Samaritans entered the picture. And they offered to, quote-unquote, help. They said they wanted to rebuild the temple as well because they actually worshipped and offered to the God of Israel. But the Israelites knew that this was a lie because the Samaritans were known to be worshipping every God there is out there. They weren't really loyal to the God of Israel. So the Israelites sensed that they were up to something. So the Israelites said, we don't need your help. We will rebuild the temple on our own. And that annoyed and angered the Samaritans. They made it their life's mission to stop the rebuilding of the temple. So you know what they did? They wrote letters to every leader, political leader in the area. And they fabricated stories about the Israelites. They were saying, you know these people, they are very rebellious and they have a powerful God. Remember what they did before as they conquered the promised land? They are going to do that again once they are established. So beware. And you know what? The king in the area believed them. So he issued a decree to stop the Israelites from rebuilding the temple. And that was the final nail in the coffin for the hope and for the excitement of the Israelites to succeed in what they were doing. They were discouraged. They felt that the opposition against them was stronger than their power, their strength. And it was true, but they forgot that they had God on their side who is far greater and far more powerful than any force in this world. Now this caused them, the decree to stop rebuilding the temple, this caused them to stop the work of God altogether. That's why, if you remember last week, they just focused on building their houses. They just focused on building their businesses because they thought that that was the way to rebuild their nation. And again, God rebukes them. God rebukes them. They were convicted. God rebuked them after, what, 14 years of setting the temple work aside? And they were convicted and they said, okay, God, we will commit our lives to your ways once again. We will rebuild the temple. They did that after a decade. And then as they were starting the work, a month later, that's when Haggai 2 starts to happen. God was thinking, my people might quit again because of the discouragement and the opposition around them. So I will speak to them. Now, what did God say to them? Sabi ni Lord, tatagan nyo. Again, we go back to reading Haggai chapter 2, Verse 4, he says, Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong. Can you say that again? O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the work. The Lord was encouraging the civic leader during that time. Be strong. The Lord was encouraging the spiritual leader, the high priest during that time. Be strong. And he was encouraging all of the Israelites, the remnant, to be strong. And he was asking all of them to unite, to work for his purposes, to do his work, which was to rebuild the temple. Again, when all of these things are happening, do not let opposition, no matter how strong, do not let opposition stop you from doing what God is calling you to do today. Again, do not let opposition stop you from doing what God has called you to do today. Opposition will come, but we know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. 
Would you agree with that? We will succeed because we have God in us. Can you imagine if Joseph just stopped pursuing God's will just because his brothers laughed at him and sold him as a slave? Can you imagine if the Israelites cowered in fear with the threats of the Egyptians and with the threats of Pharaoh? Can you imagine if the disciples and the people of the early church just stopped the mission because of the death threats that they were receiving from the Roman Empire? They could have done that. But then again, we would not have some of the greatest stories of God's salvation in His people. And the Lord has a story for us today. A story of restoration. A story of healing. A story of breakthrough. I pray that we would keep on. I pray that we would continue so that the troubles that we are experiencing right now, the opposition would eventually turn into testimonies that could glorify Him. Every opposition that we experience in our lives is a setup for God's greater glory to be displayed. Again, every opposition is a setup for God's greater glory to be displayed. If you are in need of finances right now and you are struggling, that is an opportunity for God to display that He is the greatest provider. If you are struggling with the sickness right now or any family member, that is an opportunity for God to display that He is truly the greatest healer. If you are going through trouble, if you're going through depression, if you're struggling with your mental health, that is an opportunity for you to experience God's perfect comfort and love during this season. Are people questioning you? Are people mocking you? Are people persecuting you because you are pursuing what God has called you to do? I tell you, it's better to please God than to please man. And as we continue to obey God, I believe that His greater glory will be displayed in our lives as we obey. He will work, work through us. And the blessings will not only be enjoyed by us, but even the people around us. Now, some of you may be asking, okay, so the Lord is asking us to be strong, but how can we be strong amidst the discouragement, amidst the opposition? How can we be strong? You know how we can be strong? Because God's, God assures us of His power, God assures us of His presence, and God assures us of His provision. The very things that the Israelites were worried about. Again, we can be strong because God assures us of His presence, His power, and His provision. He assures us of His presence. In Haggai chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says, Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work for I am with you. This is something that the Lord said in Haggai chapter 1, but He repeats it here to assure His people of this truth. I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. Again, this is more than just God saying, I am with you, and He just passively watches us. What are they doing? He's not saying, I am with you to monitor you. He's saying that I am with you to support you. I am with you to do the work with you. If, you know, if we could imagine a picture, probably this would be you joining a barangay basketball tournament. And then all of a sudden, someone taps you at the back. And when you look behind, it's actually LeBron James or Steph Curry and saying, I'm on your team. How would you feel? Sure win. Diba? Sure win yon. Lalampasuhin niya itong mga taong to. 
And that is similar. You know, when God says, I am with you, I am on your side, I am on your team, whatever opposition we are facing, whatever discouragement, wouldn't you agree that you would be confident? All of the worries, all of the fears, all of the doubts would disappear because we know that God is working not only in us, not only through us, but for us. God's presence assures our victory, whatever the challenges, whatever the opposition. Again, God's presence assures the victory. And His promise is the fulfillment of the covenant that He made with the, Egypt, with the Israelites as He set them free from the oppression of the Egyptians. And this is the covenant that He also allows us to enjoy as He set us free from the oppression of sin. As we trust and honor Him in everything that we do, we can rest assured that He will always be with us. That His promise to never leave us nor forsake us is something that we will always enjoy through the trials, through the difficulties, through the faithlessness, through our mistakes. All we have to do is to humble ourselves and to go back to Him and He will embrace us and welcome us with open arms. So, you know, if you are feeling that probably God will not accept you, remember His promise. His presence is promised to those who will put their trust in Him. We may let God down, but God will never let us down. Again, we may let God down, but He will never let us down. In fact, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 5, He says, My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. The Israelites turned their backs on Him. The Israelites rebelled against Him. But here he was saying, my spirit remains in your midst. And we ha- when we have the spirit of God, the spirit of God does not only signify his presence, but the spirit of God also gives us power. We can be strong in the midst of discouragement and opposition because God assures us of his power. God's spirit gives us wisdom. God's spirit gives us direction. God's spirit gives us strength and the power that we need to succeed in all of the tasks that he is asking us to do. This is the same spirit that empowered the people of the old to do amazing things. This was the spirit that allowed Jesus and the disciples to perform great miracles, to make the impossible happen right before their very eyes. This was the power that allowed Jesus to resurrect from the dead. The power that has overcome everything in this world, including sin and death. The power that can overcome anything, whatever opposition, whatever challenges we face. As they were rebuilding the temple, God was reminding Zerubbabel and the rest of the Israelites that unity and human effort, human wisdom are not enough. Again, unity, human effort, and human wisdom are not enough. And in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, God shares with Zerubbabel the secret to success. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Again, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? The mountain represented whatever trouble that you are facing, no matter how high it is. The Lord was saying, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. Whatever your troubles are, with the Spirit of God, it will be a plain. It will be obliterated as we put our trust in Him. 
And he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. As we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, nothing will be impossible. Can you say that? Nothing is impossible. So kung nawawala na kayo ng pag-asa sa nation natin, kung nawawala na kayo ng pag-asa sa buhay ninyo, remember, nothing is impossible as we put our trust in God. He is doing something new. And you should be excited. And God assured the Israelites, and God continues to assure us today, that the work that He has given us will be finished. We will succeed, not because of our own efforts, but because God will be the one to finish it for us as we obey it will not be about our efforts. It will be about what God can do through us. God's Spirit enables us to do the impossible, all for His glory. And finally, we can be strong amidst opposition, amidst discouragement, because God promises us His provision, His abundant provision. In Haggai chapter 2, verses 6 to 8, it says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once more in a little while, I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake the nations so that the treasures of all the nations shall come in. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. Let us remember, when God asks us to do His will, it will be His bill. We do not have to worry about the resources. They were so worried. Where will we get the jewels? Where will we get the gold? Where will we get the resources? Where will we get the manpower? The Lord was telling them, do not worry. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. I will provide for you. When we are doing the Lord's work, we should never be limited only with what we have. We should never be limited with only what we can produce. Because as it says here, God has the power to shake the world, the nations, so that the resources will come to his house. We should never worry about our resources. You know, everything, all the blessings will flow as we step out in faith, as we step out in obedience. And God was assuring his people who were worrying about the resources. He was telling them, do not worry. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. And I have the ability to bring it in. People will give, you know, no matter who is holding it, if I want them to give it, they will give it, whether they are a believer or not. So you will be surprised with God's provision. You know, I just want to share, there was a time when God was asking us to produce the musical play, Joseph the Dreamer. And at the end of the play, our heart was to glorify him. We preached the gospel. And you know, we waited for two years. And we said to ourselves, maybe this won't happen anymore. But then we continued to pray, no, the Lord gave us this word. So we will continue to do the work. We still wrote the script. We still planned where should we do it. And one day after two years of waiting and praying, out of nowhere, someone called us up and said, I watched your original show and today the Lord has just spoken to me and told me to give you one million pesos. Out of nowhere, we did not even ask for donations. God can do that for all of us. So he could tap the heart of someone, nudge the heart of someone so that He would bless you. So you don't have to worry about, you know, you don't have to worry about the resources. All you have to worry about is you saying yes to the call of God. And He will provide. And He promises that as He provides and as we obey, great glory will be revealed in our lives. It says 
In verse 9, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. People have a lot to say about this verse. About how the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. Some people say that this was the original temple built by Zerubbabel and the Israelites. Because eventually, Herod upgraded this temple. And it became more beautiful than the temple created by Solomon. He really spent on it. So the people were saying, maybe that's what this verse is referring to. But then some people also believe that the greater glory happened when Jesus actually entered the temple. God's glory and presence inside the temple, not through a thick cloud, but in the person of Jesus Christ. When Jesus preached there, when Jesus worshipped there, walked that place, they were saying that this is the fulfillment of this verse. But most people also believe that the greater glory that is being described here is the glory that we would witness when Jesus Christ comes back and establishes His kingdom that cannot be shaken. Whatever your interpretation is, whatever you would want to believe, a combination of those things, one thing is sure. That glory is something that we cannot produce. Glory is something that God brings. And whatever it is that we are doing, no matter how little we think it is, when God is involved, the glory will be there. God, we are worrying about the provision. You know, God provided the greatest provision in the person of Jesus Christ. When we talk about the treasures of the nations, when we talk about the desires of all nations, it is actually referring to the Messiah. You know, people might not know it yet. They've been searching for something their whole lives. They've been searching for something to fill the hole in their hearts. We have experienced that. Not knowing that the only person who could fill that hole is the greatest treasure, Jesus Christ. And I hope that every person here has already experienced that. The reason why you are here, the reason why you are saying, God, use me, is because you have experienced satisfaction in Jesus Christ. He is the greatest treasure. He is the solution to all of our problems. People are saying that the solution to the poverty and the corruption here in the Philippines is, you know, voting right these elections. I do not discount the fact that that could help. But ultimately, the only one who could solve poverty, the only one who could solve corruption, the only one who could solve wars is Jesus Christ. He's the only person who could bring about peace. He's the only one who could bring glory to dark and problematic situations. He's the only person who could give peace that no one could take away. He is the only person who could bring restoration and salvation to the brokenness of this world. I want everyone to remember this. Peace and transformation are things that only Jesus Christ could give. No one else could give that. I pray that you know, as we rebuild our nation, that our hope, our faith would not be in systems, that our hope and faith would not be with how much we have in the bank, that our hope and faith would not be in one person, in a presidential candidate. Because all of those things will fall short. All of those things could not bring about genuine transformation to the nation. All of those things could not bring out restoration to the nation. This season, a lot of people are so passionate about nation building and I salute you guys. I pray for our nation as well. But let us not forget what God is asking us to do. 
just like the Israelites who were so ready to rebuild their nation, what did God tell them? Build my house. As God's people, our call, our primary call, is not nation building, but kingdom building. And the beautiful thing about this is that as we build the kingdom, we are also building the nation. And I know that at times, we can get discouraged. Is discipleship really the route? Is it true that as I disciple this one person, this person can actually make a difference, a dent? This person could actually bring about transformation? Let us not fall into the trap of the older Israelites who belittled what they were able to do as they obeyed God's instruction and as He empowered them. You know, as we disciple people, we do not know the impact that they could make in society. And I've seen this happen. There are a lot of times that you are discipling one person and that the person's life is transformed. And then you hear stories about how their home has been transformed. And you hear stories about how this family is making a dent in their community, in their office spaces. God is bringing about transformation, not grandly all across the nation, but in different parts of the nation. And can you imagine if we become faithful in building God's kingdom? For the Israelites during that time, it was building a structure, the temple. But right now as God's people, we are still called to build His house. No longer a physical structure. We are not called to mix cement and to lay bricks. We are called to share the message of the gospel to other people. We are building His temple, the church, the people who would advance His kingdom. And as we share the gospel to others, His kingdom is advancing in their hearts. And the temple is built little by little. And again, I have to admit, it might be discouraging, but then again, trust God. As we become faithful in the little things, He will make sure that His glory is displayed in our lives. And He will make sure that His glory is displayed in the lives of the people that we're discipling. And more people would come to Him. To this kingdom that cannot be shaken. To this kingdom that will ultimately bring about eternal peace, eternal joy to our lives. I pray that we would say yes to God's call. It might be discouraging, it might be disappointing, but today God is telling us, be strong. Be strong. I am with you. Fear not. Continue the work. And I will bring about my great glory in your lives. With His presence, His power, and His provision, we will succeed in everything that God calls us to do. And this will be all for His glory. Again, with His presence, with His power, with His provision, we will succeed in everything that God is calling us to do. And this will be all for His glory. And you know His presence, His provision, and His power? You know how it became available to us? Because He sent Jesus Christ, who persevered through discouragement, who persevered through opposition, just so He could die, so that we could have our lives. And as he persevered, we saw how the great glory of God was displayed. And today, as we are recipients of these things and as we are recipients of his love and eternal life, I pray that like him, we would be willing to endure suffering. We would be willing to power through the opposition and discouragement for the glory of Jesus to be displayed in our lives.
Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.